The message you're about to hear has been made possible by the continued financial support of the friends and partners of Faith Hill. To find out more about how to become a partner, be sure to visit faithhill.tv. Thank you, Jesus. Well, why don't you lift your Bible and shout, this is my Bible. I believe what it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. I am a believer and not a doubter, a doer, not just a hearer. Today, I'll learn from God's word and my life will never be the same because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Amen. Well, so uh, about three weeks ago, we started a, a series, and uh, we've titled it, Do Not Worry About a Thing. Amen? Do not worry about a thing. Why? Because uh, this is God's will for us. Uh, did you know that when Jesus uh, died on the cross, when he went to the cross, and he said, uh, paid in full, it is finished, uh, part of what he paid for uh, was our worries. You know, the Bible says, uh, you know, while he was at the cross, if you read Isaiah 53, he says he carried our sorrows and bore our griefs. So Jesus carried, you know, the, the things that would torment us, particularly in this area of worry and stress. And so, uh, you know, we, we've been talking about this. And, and God's will uh, for his children is not to uh, worry about his, you know, stuff. God wants us to live the worry-free life. Can I get an Amen. amen. And uh, just some few uh, statistics as we start. Uh, you know, according to the National uh, Center for Health Statistics, uh, about 60 to 80% of all doctors' visits have a stress-related component. And so what this means is, you know, when people visit the doctor's consultation rooms, uh, you know, sometimes they don't have anything wrong with them. Uh, they just worry themselves into their consultation rooms. And, uh, you know, 60 to 80 percent, that's a big uh, figure right there. The next one was, uh, you know, they did a list of uh, the most stressed out countries in the world. This was according to Bloomberg in 2016. And uh, Nigeria took the gold medal at 70.1. I don't know what that was about. And I don't know what metric they used and we came second uh, silver medal 70.0 and uh, El Salvador was third with 57.6 I don't know what metric that was but it shows us that uh, you know uh, worry and stress are really a problem where we live amen uh, also uh, here's another one and this one is on uh, all medical you know reliable medical uh, a website, you can find it in, in uh, health medical journals. Uh, worry and stress have been called the silent killer and can lead to heart disease, high blood pressure, chest pain, digestive issues, and an irregular heartbeat and all kinds of problems. And so the reason I bring this up is so that, uh, you know, you realize that this is where we live and this is some of the challenges that people are faced with, not just uh, somewhere far out there, but right where we live. You know, worry and stress 
wickedness is causing all kinds of problems. And thank God the word of God has something to say about it. Amen. And so uh, three weeks ago, we found out what our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, uh, had to say about worry in Matthew chapter number six. Uh, he told us, do not worry about a thing. Your heavenly father knows that you are in need of these things. And he also told us that what we should be doing with our time instead of worrying and being anxious is to seek first the kingdom of God. Uh, we found out that when we seek the kingdom of God first, it is as a, you know, a, 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 you know keeping the uh, uh, airplane engines running uh, when you're flying on this journey of life. Amen. And so today we're going to look at uh, some more antidotes. We're going to look at what uh, the Apostle Peter had to say about the matter. So quickly, if you will, let's go to 1 Peter chapter number 5, and I'm going to be reading from verse number 5. 1 Peter chapter number 5 uh, from verse 5. Thank God that we don't have to uh, go and uh, look for a prescription uh, to deal with worry. We can come to Jesus. He says, all of you who are heavy laden, come to me and I'll give you rest. Amen. Amen. And so it says in uh, verse 5 of 1 Peter, uh, chapter number 5, it says, Likewise, ye younger, submit yourselves to the elder, and uh, ye all uh, of you be subject one to another, and be clothed with humility. That's the key word there. He says, be clothed with humility, and he puts a semicolon there, and he makes a, a open inverted commas. He's quoting from the Old Testament. Originally, Jeremiah and uh, also uh, Solomon said it in Proverbs, and this is the statement. It's a powerful statement. Uh, Peter, you know, quotes the statement, and also James, in James chapter number 4, verse 8, quotes the same statement, and it is this. For God resists the proud and he gives grace to the humble. Man, because we are under the covenant of grace, I used to kind of ignore this, but I couldn't ignore it no more because it's everywhere in Scripture. And, and, and the reason it's everywhere, it is because of this. Humility is the currency for promotion in the kingdom of God. You know, uh, uh, humili humility is your currency for promotion in the kingdom of God. I mean, let me read it one more time. This is a strong statement. It says, God resists the proud. I mean, the word resist is a military term. It's like God is fighting against, you know, people who operate in, in, in pride. Amen. And pride, really, what it is in definition, it is when you become self-reliant. God has not called you to be self-reliant. He has called you to be God-dependent. Amen. And so when we start functioning in, in, in humility, humility is a conductor for promotion. It's just like electricity out there. You cannot conduct electricity with a wood. It doesn't matter how hard you try. If you connect, uh, you know, to the uh, ports in your house, electrical ports, to your TV using wood, there's nothing is going to flow. And that's what happens when you connect pride and all these other things that people do, self-promotion and so on and so forth. You know, they say to young people, you need to have a speech, uh, elevator speech that's so that when you meet with your boss in the elevator you can pitch to him in in 15 seconds all that self-promotion stuff man that stuff won't sustain you if you want true bible uh, uh, a promotion that is based on god's word it comes through humility amen 
I said, amen. You know, the way to conduct promotion in the kingdom is, is to be humble. God resists the proud, but he gives uh, grace. Uh, the apostle James says he gives more grace, you know, to the humble. Amen. And then he says, with that in mind, verse 6, Therefore, humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God, so that he may exalt you in due time. And so he flips it around and he says, now for you and I, because God resists the proud, what we should do for ourselves is to humble ourselves under the mighty hand of God. And when we do that, God will promote us. God doesn't mind you getting promoted. He just doesn't want you promoting you. Amen. Amen. He says the way to promote is for you to humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And God will do what? He will lift you up. He will promote you. And then he also puts another semicolon there. Because now he's getting ready to tell us what this looks like in real life. It looks like this. Casting all cares upon him for he cares for you. Now, we have a wrong perception for humility in the Bible, in the kingdom of God, in the church. You know, people think when we say, be humble, we're saying, you know, don't wear makeup, wear clothes from 1942 and, and drive a car from 1967. What are you doing? I'm being humble. No, you're not. You, and they have slow internet. What are you doing? I'm being humble. No, you're not being humble. You are inconveniencing yourself. Amen? Amen? No, true Bible humility is simply this, to become God-dependent and not be self-reliant. Amen? And so he says, in this context, that true humility looks like casting how many? All of your cares on him. Capital letter H, who might be him? Jesus, you cast all your cares on him. Why? Because he cares for you. And so this is what it looks like. Can I have some, some bags? Let me get some bags. Let me get some bags up here. And, and we're going to practice, you know, casting. You know, and, and while we're bringing the bags up, you know, the, the word uh, cast, you know, to cast means to forcefully thrust with a reckless abandonment. Amen? Did you see that? He says uh, 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 cast all your cares. And what that is is to forcefully thrust with a reckless abandonment you can chill out i'm gonna i'm gonna call you up otherwise uh, you're gonna you're gonna wait a long time you're gonna wait a long time i'll call you up and and i want you to see something else that we see here is that he didn't say uh, uh cast he says casting which is a present continuous tense just like running so you don't cast once a year it's a continuous, uh, a present, continuous tense. It's not an event. It's an ongoing action. Casting all your cares on the Lord should be a lifestyle. Now, I, I brought up casting, you know, uh, with the recklessness, abandonment, and etymologically, the word cast uh, was used, uh, borrowed from, you know, uh, fishermen that would go into the ocean and then cast the, their nets into the uh, ocean uh, and, and not maintain and, and they would cast them to a point of set point right and leave them there uh, for a season and all the fish will go in there and then they would come back and just you know uh, literally uh, harvest the fish and so when he says cast he's saying you know throw this thing away from you and do not maintain a connection between you and the thing now casting is different from fishing because fishing is you throw the thing with the bait right into the water 
water, but there is a fishing line and a fishing rod that that's still connected to the thing. And every often you can, you know, reel it in to see uh, uh, what, what's happening. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't cast their cares onto the Lord. They, they just kind of give it to him and maintain a fishing line. And every, every week they, they reel it in to see what the Lord has done with it lately. <laughs> has the Lord even done anything with it? And so it's not real casting. And the, way, the reason he says, cast all your cares, not just the big ones. Not just the little ones. All of them. If it's a care, you should cast it onto the Lord. Because God has not designed you to carry any cares or any worries or any stresses. It will affect you, not just emotionally, not just uh, psychologically. It will also affect you physiologically. It's been proven that salespeople who are, are stressed out do not perform. Because they have a negative uh, energy around them. You, you, you walk around as, a, as an environment, you, wherever you go, you go with an environment that follows you. And, and when, you, when, you, when you cast, you become light. Have you ever been around people and you say, man, you're light. And then you, you go somewhere and say, man, you're heavy. <laughs> and so that's what happens when, when you try to carry the cares, it messes you up. Emotionally, it puts you under pressure as a salesperson. The person walks in, you're trying to close this deal. It's a million dollar deal. You just put them under tremendous pressure and they say, man, chill out. In the dating world, you want to get married next week and they're still trying to go to Nando's and go to the movies. Yeah, you're under pressure. You're carrying heaviness. Amen. And so human beings, mankind, were not designed to carry any cares or any worry. Don't care about that. Don't worry about it. It's just a screen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. I said amen. You were not designed. I mean, you start to slouch physiologically. It starts to mess you up. You can't swallow food. It starts to give you ulcers. Can't keep a good meal down from worrying and, and stressing. This is why when it talks about being in the kingdom, having wealth and, and, and success in the kingdom, he says, man, you'll have good success. Why? Because there's a thing called bad success. And he says you, the, the, wealth, the, the blessing of the Lord, it makes rich and he adds no sorrow with it. Why? Because there's a blessing. It's not a blessing. It's a wealth that brings and comes with sorrow. And so you and I were not created to carry any worry. You were not designed for that. And this is why he gave us this avenue to cast how many? All of our cares on him because he cares for us. And so what happens in life is I'm going to have, uh, um, we're going to swap it around, right? Uh, Pastor H was the devil in the first service. He's God now. And Marshall is, <laughs> Marshall is over here now. And so quickly, let's go to 1 Corinthians 9.24. 1 Corinthians 9.24. This is going to help you. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 9.24. He says, do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? 
Run in such a way that you may obtain it. Obtain the what? The prize. And so every single person in here has, has a race to run. You have an assignment that God has put on you. God has never created uh, uh, anyone by accident. Everyone is created. It was intentional. And God put an assignment on every single one of us. And that assignment is bigger than us. It's, it's beyond just going to uh, work 8 to 5 and uh, keep up with the Vodacom bills. It's way beyond that. Uh, it's, a, it's an assignment that God put on you so that you can radically change this world. Make a mark that cannot be erased. Someone shout amen. amen. Now as you get ready to run that race, the, the advice the Apostle Paul gives us is run in such a way uh, that you are uh, uh, thinking about winning. You are positioned for winning. Now the devil heard that too. And he wants you to run for losing. And so what does he do? He brings all these cares. So all these here are cares. And uh, what he does is, as you are getting ready to run this race, he brings about all them cares, financial cares. Start worrying about money. Where is the money going to come from? He never told you anything about worrying about it. You start worrying about uh, marital cares. You start worrying about uh, future cares. Right? You start worrying about what? Debt? Uh, dating? Mjolo the dating. Mjolo. Mjolo. Oh, Mjolo the dating. You start worrying about Mjolo the dating. Who's that? Okay. Oops. I don't know who that is. And he's helping me preach up here. Uh, what else are what? Kids? Kids? Yeah, Lord Shedding. You start worrying about. You're worrying about all these different things. Inflation, Ooh. your uncle's groceries and stuff. <laughs> yeah. And so here's how we, we're trying to run the, the race of life. And so the devil has given us all these cares to, 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 and the apostle Paul is saying, hey, run in such a way that you may obtain the prize. And so what we do is we show up to the starting line of the comrades looking like this. And we even announce it to people, you know, I am called uh, to the nations. I'm called to be a prophet to the nations. And people are looking at you like, man, you're heavy. Pastor is heavy. He's carrying all these things. And, and what's interesting as well about uh, 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 this is, you know, you, you can't go far. You can't, you can't go anywhere. And so if I showed up at the uh, comrades race looking like this, what's the first thing you're going to tell me to do? Well, what are you doing, bro? Where are you going? I'm trying to run this race. With all them bags? And, and, and uh, Paul wrote in another place, he said, lay aside, in Hebrews, he said, lay aside every sin. And he also says this. He says, lay aside every weight. That doth so easily beset us and run this race with what? With patience. How are you going to run this race carrying all these cares? You can't do it. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. And so what the scripture is telling us to do in First Peter is this. This is what he's telling us to do. He's, he doesn't even want you to carry this, this load. You were not designed uh, to carry this load. He doesn't even want you to carry it, right? And so what he's saying is this. 
Let me fix my mic here. What he's saying is this, is that as soon as they come, that's why casting is a continuous, a present continuous tense. He's saying as soon as they come, a pastor, uh, we got bills to take care of. What do you do? You cast them. Now, I didn't cast, I passed it on because it's a nice bag. But I should, uh, casting means you throw them. Amen. It says in James 5.13, if anyone among you is in trouble, let them pray. The way to face your problems, uh, not face book about them, biblically, the way to face your problems is to pray about them. Amen. Amen. And help is a powerful prayer. When financial, you don't have to pray in King James English. You don't have to try and explain to God how bad the situation is. Sometimes, help in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Health problems. Uh, you get a bad uh, diagnosis. What do you do? You cast it onto the Lord. Uh, dating issues. The dating world is going crazy. Um, what? Dating is going crazy. What do you do? Lord, I commit, I commit all of this drama into your hands. What, you, don't, you don't hold on to it another day. Because if you hold on to it, guess what? It's going to weigh you down and you won't be able to run this race. Family drama, what do you do? You, you, you pass it on to the Lord. Lord, you, it's, it's your baby. You take care of it. It's not on me. It's on the Lord. I always tell people, hey, the Lord is the one that's going to give you permanent solutions. Amen. School fees. What are we going to do with school fees? We pass it on to the Lord. I'm believing you for school fees. And I don't try to stay, stick around and help the Lord. You see, that's the problem. Is that sometimes we stick around and try to help the Lord. Because we don't think the Lord has done anything with it. We, we, or we pass it on to the Lord, but we live our lives staring at it. No, he says for you to run the race and not for you to keep your eye on the, on the bag. Amen? Why? Because he wants you to get on this race of life that once you get on it unhindered, there's progress on that path. Why? Because the path of the righteous, it keeps getting what? Brighter and brighter until the brightness of noon. It keeps getting brighter as you progress forward. Not as you get stuck on the starting line. Looking at all these bags and all these cares. And so he says, cast them onto the Lord. Don't worry about your future. Amen? Amen. Your future is bright. And so every, every care, you cast it. What else do we have? Lord shedding? Just go somewhere else. Find some food somewhere else. Just go to... to don't have to stay up late worrying about it. What else do people worry about? I'm going to lose my job. No, you're not. The Lord is the one who put you there. And guess what? The Lord is the one who's going to open another door and get you out of there and move you to another place. And so as, as quickly as the, as the cares are coming, what are, what are we doing? We're casting them onto the... We don't hold on to them. There's no time for you to analyze. You should be walking and running the race. So that's why he says cast all your cares. There shouldn't even be a single uh, care that you look at and say, maybe I can carry this. He says, cast them onto me. Amen? I said, amen. amen. Now, what, shall, what else does he say? Thank you, fellas. What else does he say? Let's go to, uh, back, back to exhibit A, right? First uh, uh, Peter chapter number 5, uh, from uh, verse 6, verse 6 to 8. He says this. He's giving us instructions. The first instruction is to cast all our cares upon him, for he cares for us. The second instruction is be sober. Yeah. 
Is that what he says up there? Verse 8. He says, be sober. Hunt your neighbor and say, be sober. <laughs> now, he's not talking about drinking either. <laughs> he says, be sober, be vigilant, which means be alert, because your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. Now, the word sober in the American Heritage Dictionary means to be void of speculative imagination. So, when he says be sober, he's saying be void of any speculations. Why? Because 90% of the things people worry about is just nothing but pure speculation. Now, I'm not knocking you. I used to be like that. And I was there where I would worry for stuff. In the future, that were just pure speculation. There's no real evidence uh, why that should be true or why I should worry about it. But just a pigment, not even a figment. You know, they say figment. I like pigment better. It was a pigment of my imagination. The reason I like pigment is because only a pig could come up with such. It was just a pigment of my imagination. I mean, I remember I would sit, I would sit there, and, and, and uh, I graduated uh, university, and I, uh, two, three weeks uh, into a month, into two months, uh, putting out CVs, I haven't been invited for any job interview, and then the pigment of my imagination would start coming in, speculative imagination, and I would start, to, uh, start thinking and, and just thinking about what the future is going to look like. I'm not going to get a job. I'm not, this is me doing this to me. I'm, I'm not going to get a job. I'm, I'm going to be a loser, and I'm going to be broke busted and disgusted and it's going to be a mess and, and I'm going to die and lose. I'm, I won't be able to start a family and I'm, I'm doing this to myself. A speculative imagination did that for years. Now the problem is when I got married, I didn't get all that time I wasted worrying back into my account. All of those seconds that I wasted speculating, I lost them. This is why the Bible is saying be sober, be void of any speculative imagination. Don't allow your mind to run away with worry. Amen? Amen. Some of you don't think this can happen. Let's go to Genesis chapter number 37. Let's go to Genesis. 90% of the things people worry about never happen. Did you hear that? That's a big number. 90% of the things people worry about never happen. That's a big part of their hard drive they are using to worry about stuff. And it's slowing down the system. I'm telling you the truth. It's slowing down what God is trying to do in their lives. We know that Jesus already told us in Mark chapter number 4 that worry chokes the word. So it's slowing down some stuff. This is a serious matter. We need to take care of worry. We need to deal with it at the root system. We need to make a commitment this month that we will not worry. We will not be like those that worry about stuff. Can I get an amen? And so he says this in, in Genesis 37. Before I read that, this is the story of Joseph. You know, Joseph's brother, uh, Joseph had a dream. Some of you remember he had a dream. And, he, you know, the Lord showed uh, uh, Joseph where he was going. His destiny was, was, was uh, uh, awesome. He had a bright future, just like all of us here. Bright future. Amen. 
And so what happened was people got jealous, started player hating on him. That's going to happen. It happened to Joseph. It happened to Jesus. It's going to happen to you. But it's not going to change your destiny because it's directly from God. It's not linked to any man who may not like where God is taking you. And so his brothers didn't like it, and they said, you know what, let's kill him. And then one of the brothers, Reuben, said, no, let's not kill him. Uh, let's throw him into a pit, throw him into a pit. And then Judah saw the Ishmaelites, you know, driving their carts by, and he said, let's sell him. And so they sold him as a slave uh, to the Ishmaelites. And then after they, they sold him as a slave to the Ishmaelites, uh, this is what happened. Verse 31. Uh, verse 31, uh, it says in, in, in Genesis 37, verse 31, you know, after all, you wound up in Potiphar's house. You know the story. You wound up in Potiphar's house where he was promoted. He became the, the, the right-hand man. He was the chief of staff in Potiphar's house on a big salary. He was doing really well. Uh, but what they did, the other brothers, is that they took Joseph's coat, verse 31, and killed a kid of the goats, dipped the coat in the blood, and they sent the coat of many colors, and they brought it to their father and said, This we have found... Uh, uh, now, know now whether it be your son or no. And he, he knew it and said, this is my son's coat. An evil beast has devoured him. Joseph is without doubt rent in pieces. And so what they did is they, they just presented some, some, some piece of information and left him to his own speculation. This is why scripture is saying, be void of what? Of any speculative imagination. Question, was this Joseph's coat? Yes, it was. Uh, second question, was this Joseph's uh, blood? No, it wasn't. It was goat's blood. But what they did is they presented, we call it FEAR, the acronym F-E-A-R, false evidence appearing real. And they let him do the rest. They let him kill himself. They let him start cooking up a speculative imagination that tore him apart. It wasn't even real. Why? Because at this time, Joseph is in Egypt at Potiphar's house, bowling. And so he says this. He says, I know exactly what happened. A lion came out of the woods and ate up my son. And then he says this. He says, and he didn't say, I think. He says, I knew it. I know for sure what's going to happen to my life. That's what some of you will do and go to speculating. He says in verse 34, And Jacob uh, rent his clothes and put sackcloth upon his loins and mourned for his son many days. And all of his sons and his daughters rose up to comfort him. People were calling him, bro, chill out. This is not what, come on, there is a brighter future. Things are going to get better. And this is what he said. He refused to be comforted. And he said, for I will go down into the grave unto my son's mourning. Thus his father wept for him many days. Question, was, was this true? Joseph is he's the chief of staff. He's on a big salary. He's doing well. In fact, let's go find out what Joseph was doing. Go to Genesis 39. Let's go to Genesis 39. Uh, I'm reading in the Message Bible. It says, uh, after Joseph had been uh, taken to Egypt, verse 1, by the Ishmaelites, Potiphar, an Egyptian, and one of Pharaoh's officials, and the manager of his household, uh, uh, bought him. For them, as it turned out, God was with Joseph, and things went very well with him. Now, the speculative imagination is saying he's been uh, torn up by a beast. But over here, in, in the reality of things, <laughs> he says, man, yeah, we are doing very well. 
Just like some of you, the enemy has presented a, a false evidence appearing real. The enemy has just, is just, all the enemy has done with some of you is just show you your bank balance. And he let you do the rest. I know exactly what happened. A beast will come out of the, and you eat me, me and my family out, and we're going to die of hunger. We're going to be malnutritioned and things. No, did you care to check? In fact, when Joseph was in uh, 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 Egypt working at Potiphar's house, it's a type and a shadow for us in the world to always check what's happening in the spiritual realm. The reality of life is not determined by your immediate environment. By, that's why we say we walk by faith and not by sight. What we are saying is we are not, our lives are not determined by what we can immediately relate to with our five senses. There is a bigger world, bigger than what we can feel, taste, hear, smell, and so on and so forth. But he couldn't go beyond the 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 jacket and the uh, blood of a goat he didn't realize that there was a bigger world out there he couldn't go beyond just the stress that the enemy is trying to bring at them can't go beyond the big balance there's a reality out there that says god will supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by christ is not according to your bank account if you would care to take a peep into the spiritual realm, you'd realize that in heaven, there are no shortages. You'd realize that glory is an oversupply. In fact, God created two entire planets that rain diamonds all the time just to be a sign and a proof to his children that he is not in drought. You can go and Google it. In Jupiter, it's raining diamonds right now. So if you would care to check what's happening in the spiritual realm, you would not worry about the... It's not even true. There is blood, but it's not real uh, Joseph's blood. Yeah. Amen? Amen. And the, the things the enemy is, is presenting to you, yes, they're real challenges. They're challenges, but they're not, they're not the, the, the finality of where your life is going. Life is meant to get better. It doesn't matter where you are. Life is meant to get better. Why? Because the path of the righteous, what happens to it? It gets brighter and brighter and brighter. What you should do is get on the journey and start walking. He says the, the latter glory of the house of God, talking about his church, you and I, he says it shall be greater than that of the floma. He says when you start to behold his glory or his grace as in a mirror glass, your life, your life will start to move from one level of glory to another. This is why Jesus, when he went to the wedding at Cana, he was intentional about changing the water into wine and not into Fanta. And I'm going to explain why. Because if you talk to any connoisseurs, people who drink wine, they'll tell you wine gets better with time. But if you talk to uh, Fanta drinkers, they'll tell you if you don't drink it in, drink it in two days after you open it. And so the problem with Hollywood over the years is that they've been treating marriage like Fanta. That's why they always want Fanta every two days. 
When the Fanta gets flat, they trade it in for another uh, cherry plum. They get cherry plum, they trade it in because the thing keeps getting flat. No, the marriage is, 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 is wine. It gets better with time. And so if you're struggling in marriage, hang in there. It's going to get better. <laughs> in Jesus' name. <laughs> and so what else happened? He ended up living. Things were very well with him. He ended up living in the home of his Egyptian master. Now what better place could be than to live at, at Potiphar's house? He's one of the top government officials in the time of the land. You know, it doesn't matter how bad the country is in, shape-wise, shape, shape wise, economically. Man, if you live in a, one of the government officials' house, it's going to be good. Yeah. Yeah. And in Africa, we know that. Yeah. And so dude is living in one of the government officials' house. And, and, and not only is he living there, things are going well with him. His master recognized that God was with him, saw that God was working for good in everything he did. He became very fond of Joseph, made him his personal aide. He put him in charge. He's large and in charge. Put him in charge of all of his personal affairs, turning everything over to him. And uh, from that moment on, God blessed the home of the Egyptian all because of who? Joseph. The blessing of the Lord spread all over everything he owned at home and in the fields. And all of Potiphar, all Potiphar to concern himself with was eating three meals a day. While all of this is happening in the spiritual realm. Or in another land, Jacob doesn't care to find out. He's still moaning. Why? Because he's been presented with false evidence appearing real. As you are getting ready to graduate, some of you young people, they're going to say 40% of all graduates this year will never get a job. Now, that's not the problem. That's just the, the, the jacket with, with a goat's blood on it. The problem is what you do with that information. Do you personalize it and say, I know exactly what's, exactly what's going to happen to me? Amen? Amen. They say, they say, uh, uh, 50% of all bachelorettes who never get married. That's what they'll say. They'll give you that statistic. They'll tell you that. Now, that's not the problem. The statistic is not the problem. The problem is what you do with it. Do you personalize it and say, well, I know exactly what's going to happen to me. They'll say, you know, 50% uh, of people that work in your, in your job are going to lose their jobs. That's not the problem. The problem is, that's not the problem. That's just false evidence appearing real. The, the real problem is, what do you do with that information? Do you personalize it? And I know, it. He said, uh, Jacob said, I know exactly. He said, I knew exactly what happened to him. A lion came out of the fields and ate up my son. What did he do? He filled up the blanks. Most worry, this is why he says, be sober, be void of any speculative imagination that does not line up with God's word. 
the only uh, speculative imagination you should entertain is, hey, I'm going to get promoted and start running on that, start running on that trail. I'm going to get promoted. This year, things are going to get better. It's not even speculative anymore because it's based on God's word. It says when you get on that path, things are supposed to get better. Now, when we planted a faith in church, you know, I think sometimes we'd meet the five of us right here at the front. We wouldn't even fill up the stage. You know, Pastor C and I and a few of us, uh, Pastor H, Maruva, and them, we wouldn't even fill up the stage. We'd meet this way. We'd close up this because we didn't need all the extra uh, rooms and stuff. And we were so poor, we couldn't afford the, the rent at the end. Of the, and the enemy would keep uh, dangling the, 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 the bank you know, account balance at our, at our faces, right? And say, you see, you're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. You're not going to make it. One thing we knew not to do was to speculate on, on, on that. We just kept preaching the gospel. Uh, stay humble. Do what God has called you to do. And guess what? As you do that, God gets to take care of the rest. Whenever cares would come, would take them. Lord, you've got mail. Lord, you've got bills. And then we'd pass them on to the Lord. And the Lord would pay, would pay the bills. And so we've known uh, never to look at the bank account hoping to get some sort of leverage from that. Because that bank account, you compare it to the vision, there's nothing in there. And I'm talking about millions. We have millions yeah. in the bank account. But when you compare that, it's a billion-dollar vision that God has yeah. for his church. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Amen? And so don't ever be drawn into trying to look at what you have, even if it's the, the, the disciples. Did you know that they had a six-month salary when they walked to Jesus? That's a lot of money. They, when they walked to Jesus, they said, we have got all this money. But you know what they said to him when he was getting ready to feed 5,000 people? They said, we have nothing. With six months' salary, they said, ah, but, but, this vision, it, God's vision is always bigger than what you have in your account. So whenever you try to get some sort of comfort, some sort of leverage from what you have in your account, you're going to limit and minimize what God is trying to do in your life. And so we would never speculate. You know, one thing we also learned not to do during that time was never to, to pray for more, more people, more. Because we knew we were never, you see, God is calling us to be content. He's, content doesn't mean comfortable. It just means you are, relying, you are resting on the Lord on the inside of you. You know that God is doing something spiritually that, that you may not understand, you may not be able to see with these physical eyes, but he is up to something. And so it's the five of us meeting. We never, one prayer I've never prayed for in my entire life, one prayer I've never prayed and I'll never pray, is God make my church bigger or the church that I pastor bigger. I never prayed that prayer. I never, I ain't a fool. Five people were much easier to pastor than a hundred. <laughs> I'm not a fool. I, I no, 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 no. I'll tell you, 10 problems are better to pastor than 350 problems. That's the truth. As the vision gets bigger, the pressure gets bigger. Amen? Amen. I mean, right now we're looking for, for a place to, to, to worship, to buy. We have to purchase because of the pressure that comes with that, and we have to deal with all kinds of drama that comes with buying a property. Thank God we have a place to cast all our cares, and we don't have to worry about it. Otherwise, it will drive all of us crazy because I'd come and tell you guys <laughs> so that we can all stress together. So we can share on the Lord. But man, thank God. 
He's the one who brought you here. And all I'm saying to you is he never forsakes his children. All I'm saying to you is there is enough grace to carry you in this life. And all I'm saying to you is do not go to speculating. I mean, we just read a, a statistic as we were starting. There's all kinds of things that's happening. People are getting uh, high blood pressure. People are getting uh, sugar diabetes. People are getting uh, uh, digestive issues. And people are getting migraine headaches. People are getting all kinds of problems. And, and it's all coming from not learning how to cast their cares on him. People are trying to carry the load that God. I remember about 15 years ago, man, my, my, I, I, I hadn't learned this. And, and I started worrying about my life to the point where my eyes started twitching. I mean, my eye would twitch all the time. Literally below here on my, it would twitch the whole time. It's just twitching. I went to see the doctor. He said, there's nothing wrong with you. And he said this. He said, are you worried about something? I said all the time, who's not? And he said, you better stop because this thing is going to kill you. Amen. And so we just don't stop without any, any antidotes or uh, permanent you know, remedies. For us as children of God, our, our, our remedy is to cast all our cares on him. And so two things today as we stand on our feet, two things I want to remind you uh, as we close is, man, cast all your cares on him. And do not allow your mind to run away with it. Come on, we can stand on our feet. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, we just thank you this morning. Lord, we thank you for your goodness. Lord, we thank you for your kindness, your grace, and your mercies. Father, we thank you as we pray for these, your children that you have created, that you love dearly. Lord, I thank you this morning that those who may be carrying heavy loads, heavy burdens, you said in your word, come to me, all of you who are heavy laden, and I'll give you rest. For I am uh, lowly in heart, and I am gentle. And so, Lord, I pray this morning that as we stand in your presence, I pray, Father, that you may give us the courage to cast all our cares on you. Financial cares. There is someone here this morning. You have, you have financial pressures and you have been holding on to them. The Lord is saying, give it to me. The Lord is saying, give it to me. And it's time for you to give it to him. And how do you do that? You pray. You say, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm turning over these financial pressures uh, to you. And I will not worry about it another day in my life. There's someone under the sound of my voice. You're worried about your children. You've been given a bad uh, diagnosis, a bad prognosis uh, uh, by those who are in the professional fields uh, about your child. And you took it to heart and it's wearing you down. It's, it's making you even look older than you really are, your real age. And it's just, it's just dragging you down. And if you don't get rid of it, it's going to drag you down all the way into the pit. And it's time for you to quit worrying about that stuff and turn it over to the Lord who is the father of those children. Thank you, Jesus. 
Thank you, Lord. And there's someone here this morning, you have a pain in your body. It's not a real pain. It's false evidence appearing real. And the enemy is using that to get you to believe yourself into bigger problems. And whenever he brings that pain, you start to thinking, oh man, this thing is going to uh, turn into cancer. It's going to turn into a permanent problem that's going to uh, kill me, man. We rebuke that spirit in the name of Jesus. We call it to stop right now in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Man, that same person, you, you, the enemy moves that pain around. He, he brings it to your left abdomen and he moves it to the right. He brings it to the, He's just toying with you and he's getting uh, uh, you to get into some sort of speculative imagination so that you can come up with all kinds of scenarios of how life is not going to work out for you. It's time to stop. We rebuke that spirit right now in the name of Jesus. Your mind is purified of the Lord and right now we cleanse your mind and your conscience we purge it by the blood of Jesus in the name of Jesus thank you Lord there's, there's someone in here you're single you may have been married before you and you got single or whatever I don't know what happened uh, but the enemy uh, uh, consistently makes you look at your relatives and he consistently points you at your family tree to say this marriage thing never works for us and is toying with you and is getting ready is getting you to use your own imagination to, to, to come up with scenarios of how marriage will never work for you we stop that spirit in its tracks right now in the name of Jesus you are going to put a full stop on, on, on that life and put a capital letter on a marriage made in heaven. Something that's going to be a testimony to your entire family and it's going to form a new branch on your family tree. One that's green, plush and fruitful in the name of Jesus. This morning, we consecrate our minds unto you, O Lord. Thank you, Lord, that our imaginations will be used to imagine your promises coming to pass. There's someone here. Things are going so well with you. It's not even... Uh, 5% of what the Lord has in store for you. God is trying to get you to go to 20, 30, 40%. Things are going so well with you, but you've been trained traditionally to think that things should never go well with you and the enemy constantly toys with you. He tells you things are going so well, things are about to get bad. And you keep going back to a mind, to an imagination. You always picture a scenario where you lose everything. You're not losing everything. God wants to bring more. No plague shall come near your dwelling. Hallelujah. I said hallelujah. When there's someone, I don't know where you are. You can show yourself after service. You may be watching. Man, they're trying to treat you well in your job. They're trying to treat you well. They're trying to put you in business class. Instead of sitting in business class and enjoying it, you're constantly uh, uh, imagining yourself 
out of that job and out of business you think you're going to lose everything you're not going to lose everything this is just the beginning of where the lord is trying to take you and it's time to allow your mind to go there because as a man thinks in his heart so is he. the lord is limited right now not by himself but by your thinking you allow your imagination to go backwards. It's time to switch that and put it in drive and not in reverse. Can I get an amen? amen. In Jesus' name. Amen. amen. Now, just look, just look ahead for a minute. Just look ahead for a minute. We're going to make a commitment this morning that our mind is consecrated of the Lord. The Apostle Paul says uh, uh, in, in chapter number 12 of Romans, he says, let us offer our bodies as a pleasing sacrifice. But he also says in verse 2, as we offer your body as a pleasing sacrifice, there's also a place for you to offer your mind as a pleasing sacrifice. He says, do not be conformed to the patterns of this world, but be what? Transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove manifest what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Now we're going to make a commitment. That our minds from today onwards, Nam Klanje, from today, our minds are not going to be the playground for the devil. He's going to come and try to come up with all kinds of scenarios that are not true. You've got to learn as a child of God to rebuke him. Puma in Jesus' name. And go to thinking something else more productive. Can I get an Amen. He's going to come to you and say, you're going to die this kind of way. And man, you're not going to die. Psalm 92 says, with long life. And Psalm 91 says, with long life. You're planted in the house of the Lord. You'll flourish. Psalm 91 says, with long life, he'll satisfy you. Did you read that? Long life. Amen. I said, amen. Man, don't allow him to, to trip you up in your thinking. He's going to try those tricks. Do not allow your mind to be a playground for the enemy. Only the promises of God. And some of you are going to need to even be so drastic to the point where you, you, you need to go and find a magazine and cut pictures of big houses. He's tormenting you for the one you're in right now. Cut pictures of a bigger house than the one you're in now and put it in front of you. <coughs> Whenever he says you're going to lose that one, go and look at the one God is taking you to. Can I get an amen? Man, you got to fight back. This may be the biggest battle you'll ever have to fight. Not allowing your imagination to run with it. Some of you have done it for so long. It's like a horse that's out of control. But it's time to get your hands on the reins. Man, casting out a devil is easy. Just one word, Puma, in Jesus' name, out. But how do you cast out your mind? You can't. You have to fight the good fight of faith. When the enemy tries to pressure you, you say, no, I'm not paying attention to that. I'm paying attention to his word. I'm going to allow his word to paint pictures on the canvas of my imagination. And you hold on to that without wavering. And man, I'm telling you, that's the way to win this battle. 
Otherwise, he's trying to throw all of us into a place of worry. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for your children. These here under the sound of my voice. I just pray right now a consecration as they make this commitment to live the worry-free life. I thank you, Father, that even in the night seasons, they will enjoy a good night's sleep. There will not be uh, 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 nightmares. There won't be restlessness of, of thinking about the future for, because they know uh, our future is found in you. Our future is in your hands. It is in Jesus' name that we pray and everyone says amen. Well, we love you. God bless you. And remember these words from 2 Corinthians 5, 7. For we walk by faith and not by. We hope this message has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening. To find out more about how you can become a partner, visit faithhill.tv today. That's who